Thank you for joining us here on the Zachnology Tech Review Podcast. I'm Charlie Jacobs. And I'm Zach Bouchard. Coming up next in this tech news update, Zach and I are going to break down all of the news and reaction from the Apple event last week from Tim Cook. All that and more next on the Zachnology Tech Review Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 2, Episode 6 of the Zachnology Tech Review Podcast. In this tech news update, we're going to be talking about the Apple event. So, I'm here with Zach Bouchard, as always. So, Zach, before we get into it, should we just tell everyone quickly what some of the new products announced were? Absolutely. And I think we should start with definitely the biggest announcement of all. Um, let's go to Tim Cook. iPhone 13 looks stunning in this bold new green with its precision milled back glass and color matched aluminum edges. And iPhone 13 Pro in a sophisticated new alpine green joins the most pro lineup we've ever created. Well, Zach, what do you think of that? I mean, some people might say it was exciting, but I was thoroughly underwhelmed by the new green color. Absolutely. I mean, it's no one was expecting a new iPhone. Those only happen uh, once a year, and it's always in the fall. Uh, but definitely, personally, I'm not a fan of the color. No, and, and the color really is not the point. The point is how much they're marketing this and pushing it in your face. And I think it's really just to sort of promote the iPhone 13. I'm not 100% sure, but maybe sales aren't at the point they expected. They and, definitely aren't. Um, uh, and then this is just a way to get that. And, and Bass, we don't have a ton to say about that. I just thought that they, they kicked off the event with that. It was the first item announced. So I thought it was, it was fair for us to point it out first. It's definitely a big part of the Apple event, which is kind of surprising <laughs> because it's just a new color. Um, you know, I, I don't think color is usually something... Personally, if I were getting a phone, color is one of the last things uh, I'd pick out. I usually, you know, do features and everything first, and I end up getting a colored case anyways. So, definitely uh, an underwhelming start to the <laughs> Apple event. Uh, but t- Tim Cook, as we heard a minute ago, was quite excited about the uh, new yeah. uh, emerald green or... Uh, yeah, it's they're two different colors for the different models uh, of the iPhone. Um, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, overall, the Apple, especially for the iPhones, you know, everything, the colors are usually bright uh, and vibrant. And the iPhone, the Alpine and green colors, as they call it, aren't really uh, following that pattern. They're more of, they're darker, and they just don't fit in with the overall Apple theme, which was interesting. Absolutely. So I think that's enough about the new green iPhone. Yeah. If you like green, go get it, but not much to say. We don't need to talk about it as but, much but, as Tim Cook Exactly. Did. But in a much more exciting news, uh, in iPhone news, the iPhone SE was revamped for this event, um, and they announced some upgrades to that. So it's still what you might remember. It still has the home button and the whole rim around the phone. We're uh, still looking like all the iPhones up to the uh, 8, I believe. But it's Zach, the same body as the right, iPhone 8. But what are the... Um, it's mainly some internal hardware upgrades. What are those? Absolutely. So one of the new upgrades that is extremely impressive, there's two... Uh, very good upgrades that they've added. It's the uh, new A15 Bionic chip. This is the same chip that powers the iPhone 13. Uh, so that's uh, really great to see that they're putting an iPhone 13 level chip inside an iPhone SE. Uh, and you may recall the SE is more of a budget phone. So I believe they have increased the price uh, to about 449 I'm going to have to check on that. Um, it is 
<laughs> we're looking at it in like Japanese. Uh, if if you like you're in yen, it's about forty one hundred yen per month. I don't think that that's yen. Uh, well, we'll get back to you on that on the, on the price of the iPhone SE. But um, any other upgrades, Zach? Well, um, one of the biggest upgrades, uh, in addition to the A15 Bionic chip, is the 5G. Uh, cellular connection. So this is something that's only been exclusive to the regular iPhone, such as the 13, 13 Pro, as well as the entire 12 lineup. Uh, but they've now added this to the iPhone SE, which seems very appropriate uh, because the you know some of the Android alternatives, such as you know the Galaxies, Pixel, A series, uh, most of these have had 5G capabilities for the last year, year and a half. So it's good to see that Apple is finally adding this on absolutely by the way quick news update it's 429 dollars so that's u.s dollars by the way not a korean yen but um zach's vpn malfunctioned i think so um anything else to add about the iphone se like the, it from a, a physical standpoint what you're looking at in the software you're not going to see huge updates um it's mostly no. behind the scenes stuff but i think it's a nice feature because i think a lot of people still like the old design with the home button with more modern technology yeah, I I would say that, you know, they definitely should keep a model with a home button. I, you know, personally would opt for gesture navigation that's on, you know, the 13 models. And um, I really like on Androids, you can still get a home button. It's just, uh, you know, a virtual home button. It's in the screen. It's not physical because then you still get the screen to cover the device. And I think that's one area where the iPhone SE is really lacking is that that screen doesn't cover much of the device. You still have those huge bezels right. on the I think top th and bottom. I think this is really competing with, like you said, things like the Pixel 4a or 5a, which are um, made from the big companies with the expensive phones as a lower-end option. And you might remember, up until a couple years ago, the SE was actually based on the iPhone 5s, I believe. It had the right. old boxy design that the newer phones have. And that's a trend um, we've seen with the iPhone SE. It's always usually a body that's kept from you know, a phone that was made three, four years ago. So that's it's it's going along with that same trend. They just haven't changed the body. Uh, I believe they did increase the battery life. Maybe new cameras, slight upgrade. I don't think you're going to see much of a difference there between the two models. Thank you for that, Zach. And coming up next, we're going to take a look at some new iMac and iPad announcements here on Tech News Update. So stay tuned for that after a voice message from some of our listeners. Stay with us. Hello, I've been listening to the Technology Tech Review since it started. It's always a great source of information. I really enjoy listening to the podcast. Keep up the good work. Can't wait to hear the next episode. This was another informative broadcast by Charlie and Zach. Keep up the good work, boys. We really enjoy listening to you. And we sure learn a lot. Welcome back to the Zach Knowledge Tech Review Podcast and this tech news update. Thank you so much, that listener, for the voice message. Remember, if you want to submit one yourself, you can head to our website, tech-reviews.zachknology.com, or coming soon, our new mobile app for Android. We said that a year ago. Now it's actually coming out. So it's in its final stages. Yeah, there you go. So we did some research during the uh, break, and we figured out we were looking at not uh, the Japanese yen, but we were looking at... <laughs> 
Indian rupees. So um, we now have GABA prices in U.S. dollars. Um, so that's great. So the iPad Air, where it's what we're going to talk about now. This product's been around for a long time since the early 2010s. This newest iteration uh, was just announced in this event. Let's start off by saying it's $599. Now it was about 57,000 rupees. This is interesting. That translated to 700 U.S. dollars. I so the, the value so. is actually less than the U.S., which is interesting. But that's beyond the point. Break, uh, let's break down the new iPad Air, Zach. Right. So I think the biggest uh, you know, new uh, development in the iPad Air is the Apple M1 chip. This is the same M1 chip that is in the Apple Silicon Macs that were announced last year and I believe in the iPad Pros. So it's good to see that they're bringing this M1, uh, this super powerful M1 chip to more devices. Uh, this is different than the Bionic chips because, and from the Intel chips, because it's optimized for the Apple devices and it is extremely powerful. Uh, it has a 12 megapixel ultra wide front camera with uh, Apple's new center stage software. Yeah, so that that's basically, um, it just uses AI to adjust the front facing camera when you're on, of uh, taking a video on a FaceTime. Um, to adjust with lighting and to keep you in the frame. What it actually does is it it also can follow you, similar to the Facebook uh, uh, portal. Portal, right, that follows you around. It can actually follow you around the room. Um, right. So that's really neat. I actually didn't know about that. And, of course, the camera upgrade uh, fits nicely with that. Yeah, so this used to be exclusive to the iPhones, but they've brought center stage to the iPad Air. And I believe it was on the Pro at one point, and they have now also brought it to the Mac Studio display, which we will cover later in this episode. Uh, they also mentioned that it comes in five, quote, gorgeous colors. <laughs> well, it, can, can I mention that? It does not green, come in green. Green is not one of them. Now, here's one big thing, not listed on the specs necessarily, but just so you can get an idea. This is has a similar design to the iPad Pro or the current iPhones with that full screen, no home button. They actually right. still make the this plain iPad. Um, the default with the one with the home button. button. So this is a similar thing to this is a higher end version of the iPad. Um, sort of uh, in between the the standard iPad and the Pro, but you're getting that full screen display, but at a much lower price than the Pro. Right, and it is a 10.9 inch display. Uh, I'm not sure if that can be configured any larger. It doesn't look like it from the Apple website. But it does, that screen does cover the entire device, a uh, big improvement from the home button, and they have kept Touch ID. It has now been moved to the top power button instead of the home button. That's really interesting. So you know how uh, normally it was on the home button, by the top power button, that's the thing on top, like the little button that you push, it's you, just hold, the power you, you hold the restart you to, to sleep. But even though it's really small, it can actually still sense your fingerprint in, that, in that you know couple half a centimeter space, which is really interesting. Right, and the they say that the M1 chip, uh, just back to that, uh, delivers up to 60% faster performance than the previous generation. Up to. Uh, which is definitely worth noting because that, like I said, that is the biggest you know, new thing that is in the iPad Air. It's that M1 chip. And it looks like Apple is starting to add this to more and more devices. They're starting to move away from third-party chips, sometimes even the Bionic chips, and they're opting for the M1 uh, chips, which makes sense because, you know, especially uh, the chip shortage that is still ongoing, uh, as hey, well so as supply chain issues, as right? well as optimization for the devices. You know, if you uh, have an M1, 
that can be optimized for the Mac or the iPad so much better than Intel, and you're going to see a lot better performance without it costing much more. Now, one thing we need to bring up is the USB-C dilemma. So, as you know, Lightning, uh, sorry, the Apple connector for charging is called a Lightning port, and the Android ones use the USB-C in general. And just for most things in general, they use a USB-C. And Apple is transitioning to the USB-C, and the Air has USB-C, and the Mini and the Pro have USB-C, but the standard iPad and the phone still have Lightning. So that's right. just a fun fact, and that's a very inconsistent. And I think they're working on that, but really, really fast. Zach, what are also, some of the benefits of, of USB-C? Well, first of all, it's universal. You know, you can use it on so many devices: laptops, phones, tablets. Whether it's Android or you know iOS devices, minus iPhones and the original iPad, you're going to have so much more. You know, capabilities with one cable. Uh, you can do, you can charge, say, your phone off your tablet. Vice versa, you can charge your laptop off your phone. Any device can be a power bank, depending on the software on it, uh, because USB-C allows for two-way power transfer. Uh, it also has much, much faster data transfer than the Lightning connectors. And it's also worth noting that the uh, Mac computers have also moved to USB-C. The M1, right, the regular M1 Mac has USB-C on the back, and the Mac Studio, which we will cover in a minute, uh, also has USB-C on it. So speaking in one minute, let's jump into that right now. So Apple announced two new Mac-related devices at the uh, Apple event, and these are the Mac Studio, which is the physical computer, and then the Studio Display. So first of all, the Mac Studio, um, just to give you a picture, it sort of has the design of the Mac Mini, where it is a square-ish shape, but this one's a lot taller. Um, and then this Mac, uh, the studio display is just, as implies, the display for that, the monitor. If you remember, like, the uh, old Apple Thunderbolt display from a, that's been a while now, this is just a much, much upgraded version of that. So, Zach, let's talk about the computer, then we can talk about the display that goes with it. Right, so the idea of the computer is that it's, the idea of the computer is that it's going to be bundled with the display. Now, um, one of the things about the, <laughs> the prices in rupees again, uh, we'll work to figure that out. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, one of the things about the um, Mac Studio that is, you know, a huge improvement off previous Macs is that it is using the M1 Ultra chip, which is, I, I want to say it's about the fourth M1 chip that's been created. There was the original M1 there is the M1 Pro and the M1 Max that were announced last year, and now there is the M1 Ultra. And supposedly the M1 Ultra is about twice the size of the M1 Max, so overall you're just going to see fantastic per performance from it. Uh, it's also going to, it's not going to have a display is another big thing. So. It's so, kind of hard to describe what it looks like, but it's basically it's, just a I box. Explain it. So it sort of looks like the Mac Mini, but taller. Exactly. And, and so this, it starts at uh, $1,999. It starts at $2,000. We did do some currency converting there. Um, and this is the most low-end model, and I believe there are different upgrades um, that you can do with that. Right. Uh, you can obviously, unlike, you know, say iPhones, obviously, you can upgrade the storage, but especially with Macs, you can customize RAM and CPU performance and all that. So, And, and that is $4,000 for the updated, for the upgraded version. Um, 
so this is obviously like Zach said. You're just getting the box that has the stuff in it. You there's no, it. there's no screen. Right. You could plug it into your TV. You could plug it into a Asus monitor, or you could plug it into the studio display. display. And this is fifteen hundred dollars, I believe, which is funny because that's almost the price of the computer itself. It's but tell us right. about this this state-of-the-art, as they like to say, display. It's going to make for an extremely uh, expensive setup, that's for sure. Uh, but the studio display is supposed to be kind of the successor to the um, Pro Display XDR, which still exists, but it's going to be slightly upgraded. The specs don't look as great. It is cheaper, uh, but one of the big parts of it is the webcam. This is the same camera that I believe is in the iP uh, iPad Air. It's a 12 megapixel ultra wide camera, and it has the center stage technology that's in the iPad Air and the iPhone, which means your FaceTime calls will be able to follow you around uh, just like they do on your other devices. Uh, I should also note that it, while it's not really mentioned on the Apple website, it does have the A13 Bionic chip built in, which is the same chip that was inside the iPhone 11. So the iPhone 11 chip is inside this monitor, and it uh, the reason for that is that it is designed to power the center stage technology. I think that's also what drives the price so high. Uh, it, the display is a 5K Retina display, which is very impressive. It's 27-inch. Uh, they advertise that it has 14.7 million pixels, uh, 600 nits of brightness, over a billion colors. Um, so it's, it's, they're really emphasizing, um, it's not necessarily as much about the whole unit, it's about the screen itself and the good picture that you're going to be getting through there and the camera. So it's very expensive. You could get a high-end laptop for less. Absolutely. Um, and it's it's one of those things that's kind of a novelty in the sense it's really cool and people who have a lot of money who are apple people will get it but if you're practical and you want the studio it would probably make more sense to get either the pro display xdr with the thousand dollar stand remember yeah <laughs> or the um or one from a different company um because because some of the other big tablet companies make similar things like this that would work just as well for a much lower cost. Right, and one of the great things about the studio display is that it is going to be optimized for the studio. So the idea is that if you get the studio, you'll also get the studio display. And those two are really just gonna, they're really gonna work well together. Um, the A13 Bionic chip is definitely gonna power that center stage, uh, especially in FaceTime calls, it's definitely gonna work well uh, because the A13 Bionic is, it's been proven to be very powerful. Um, especially when it's not being used for other processes like apps, if it's only uh, being devoted to that center stage technology, uh, as well as uh, spatial audio, they say on their website that, that the A13 will also power that. Um, if it's only being devoted to those two, then it should make for really great quality calls. However, I don't think they needed to put a whole A13 Bionic chip inside. You know, those are designed for phones, I think it would have been a better idea to design a new chip that especially made that especially made for these technologies, and then they don't have all that extra cost that might not be going to anything. That's exactly true. That is adding significantly to the cost. I feel like they could almost have a lower end version of the studio display. They um, definitely could. But it's meant to, like Zach said, work really well with the computer. And for those of you 
<laughs> big Apple fans have a lot of money, maybe that's the setup for you. Of course, you can customize with other Apple computers or displays, uh, but these two really go well together. I yeah, and I think that about wraps it up for the uh, studio, both the studio and the studio display. Um, again, it's definitely an expensive setup, but if you do get it, you're definitely going to see high quality photo, high quality video, uh, and all your calls are going to be fantastic. Right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up here for season two, episode six of the Zachnology Tech Review podcast. We thank you for listening to this tech news update. For more information, head on to our website, tech-review.zachnology.com, or soon, our free mobile app. For Zach Bouchard and the entire Zachnology team, this is Charlie Jacobs signing off from our downtown Chicago studio. We'll see you next time. Copyright 2022 by Charlie Enterprises Limited Liability Corporation. All rights reserved. Charlie has received paid compensation from Spotify Technologies SA. Charlie reserves the right to use voice messages in the podcast for a paid compensation.